Welcome back to my so-called midlife podcast. I'm Jennifer, and this is episode 115. Update. Well, another week of training is in the books. Uh, This last training wasn't too bad. I mean, I feel like I should find some wood (laughs) to knock on. Um, I I am saying this all, of course. Uh, I have not taken the... um, training post exam yet, but I felt at least during the training that I was understanding it. And that has not happened very often in in this new job. Um, But it, it, it felt like it went okay. Um, I, of course, like I said, I haven't taken the post test yet, but I'm not freaked out about it. Um, weeks prior, when I really struggled with the training, I would be so stressed about taking the post test. And sometimes I passed by like the skin of my teeth. So but I don't feel that way with this one. I I, I think I have a good feeling about this. So (laughs) fingers crossed. I had um, an unexpected car repair over the weekend. Oh, God. Few things are more stressful than an unexpected car repair or actually an an unexpected expense of any kind, right? But I had, I wanted to do some shopping over the weekend. And I I usually, you know, it's my, (laughs) it's my usual behavior. I like to get out and get things done really early. I want to hit the stores before anybody else gets there, do what I need to do and then go home and, and then do what I need to do at home. So I was out early, about 7 a.m., and I needed to get gas, and, uh, you know, gas station's right around the corner from my house, so hop in the car, go over to the gas station, go in to pay for the gas, come out, and the car won't start. And instantly, I go into panic mode, because all these things start running through my mind. You know, I'm parked at the pump, I can't leave the car there. Is the car still under warranty? Why won't it start? Oh my God, please, I don't know what's going on. So I would turn the ignition and to me, it sounded like a clicking sound, which automatically I'm thinking, oh my God, it's the starter. I can't, I can't afford it. Like that, that is, that would cost me more money than I had. So I'm freaking out. Then I'm thinking, you know, all. A million things go through your head at once. So I'm I'm panicked and I don't really know what to do. And I'm kind of like spinning in circles <laughs> around my car, you know, like, like looking around like an idiot. And I happen to see these two young guys coming out of the convenience store. And I walk over to them and I said, excuse me, can you help me? And, you know, they sort of look over me. I'm sure I'm like the age of their mom. They look over at me and uh, and they're like, yeah, what's the problem? And I said, I, my car won't start. And I said, and it's next to the pump. It can't stay there. If you guys could just help me like push it to a spot and then I'll, I'll just have to figure out what's going on after that. And, um, and he said, uh, he goes, well, well, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know. It, it won't start. And he said, could it be the battery? I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I, the battery's not that old. 
So he said, well, try to start it. So I tried to start it. He pops the hood. He says, it's the battery. I said, are you sure? And he said, yep. And he goes, well, you know, he goes, I'm pretty sure. He goes, but we can find out. I'll give you a jump. So he pulls his truck over, pulls out his, his jumper cables. I don't have jumper cables. It's probably something I should invest in, though. Um, and, and sister number one says I need to get a portable charger, too, which is also probably a smart investment. Um, so pull the truck over, you know, give me a jump. Of course it starts. I'm so relieved, but he said, you can't shut the car off. He said, you need a new battery that charge isn't going to hold. He said, you need to go right now and get a new battery. Oh, so I did. And, um, installed a new battery. It was way more expensive than I thought it was going to be, but I was, I was trying to remember, and I really don't know what the expected battery life is of any vehicle. I think the last time I replaced the battery was in 2020 because I remember I I had taken Gracie to the vet and it was at the time when I wasn't allowed to go in with her. So I was sitting in the car and I had shut the car off and, you know, rolled the windows down. I was listening to a podcast on my phone, but not through the car speakers. They bring Gracie out. I go to start the car to, to go home and the car is dead. So again, I I honestly, <laughs> when it comes to stuff like this, I truly am the luckiest person in the world because Gracie's vet happened to be located right next to like a small car repair garage. So I walk over, explain to the guy my car is dead. He brings over his portable charger, gives me a jump and tells me, you know, you're, that'll hold you for a little while, but you're going to have to get a new battery, which I did at, at that time. So I'm assuming it was sometime in the summer of 2020. Um, so then, you know, now it, two and a half years. But I don't know. I thought car batteries lasted longer than that. Maybe, what do I know? But um, one of the things the guy at the Saturdays, uh, when I when he did the battery, I said, I guess that's so weird. I said, you know, I it started this morning without any trouble. I left my house. It wasn't until I got to, you know, get gas. And he said, yeah, you know, it's unpredictable and whatever. And um, And he said, I said, it's not even that old. He said, yeah, well, the cold probably got to it. And I almost laughed because, yes, it was chilly <laughs> Saturday morning. But it was Florida chilly. I think it was like, you know, in the 40s. It wasn't like, you know, it was a buffalo. It wasn't Siberia. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that he said uh, the cold probably got to it. I was like, oh, OK, well, <laughs> I guess you would know better than me. Uh, so but it's taken care of. Thank God. And uh, yeah, like I said, that is two times when I've had the same issue where I've been lucky enough or blessed enough for to have immediate help. Both times, both strangers. You know, I, I try I tried to give the guy on Saturday some money and he looked at me like I was crazy. He was like, no. So <laughs> but I I really I mean, it it could have been much worse. And thank God it was just the battery. I'm grateful. And I had an almost date. Again, more on that in a minute. TV podcast recommendations. I started watching The Affair uh, a week ago. 
I haven't been able to stop watching it. This is a show from, I think it originally ran for five seasons on Showtime from 2014 to 2019. I really like this show. I it's I'm like addicted to it. Any chance I get, that's what I'm watching for like the for like the past week. The show focuses mostly on Noah and Allison, but it is basically uh two married couples, Noah and his wife Helen and Allison and her husband Cole. All five seasons are now available on Prime. So if you don't have Showtime, but you do have Prime, it is available to you. It's really good. You know, the the stories are really interesting and they're involved and the actors are fantastic. It's uh, Dominic West and Ruth Wilson and Maura Tierney and uh, Jonathan Jackson. Really, really good. Um one of the things that I really love about it is it has a, an interesting and different format. Each episode is the same story. It's usually broken into two parts. It's the same story told from two different characters' perspectives. And I love the differences in those. Like, um, not only, you know, how they tell their side of the story and always, you know, somehow end up to be the sympathetic character in their version of the story. But even things like, um, like what they're wearing, what they remember other people wearing, you know, or how somebody did their hair, you know, how, how they perceived someone's attitude, you know, it's, it's really, really cool. Like, um, in the beginning, when, when Noah meets Allison, he's in a restaurant and she is a waitress. He's there with his family and she is a waitress. And in his version, her waitress uniform is like very form-fitting and very, very short. But in her version of the telling, she's wearing like a typical waitress uniform, you know, like knee length and definitely not as tight. Yeah, it's it's memory bias where the sympathetic character changes depending on who's telling the story. I I just like I said, I just started watching it a week ago. I am almost to season five at this point. I think I think I'm about three fourths of the way through season four. I am loving this show. It is really really good. If if you haven't watched it yet, highly recommend that. If I had to say. One criticism, the only thing I would say is <laughs> the characters seem to think having sex solves every problem. And it doesn't. They know it doesn't. But that doesn't stop them from trying to use it as a solution the next time something goes wrong. But but really, that's my only criticism. Otherwise, it's a great show. All right, guys, now that you're all caught up on my week, let's get into this week's topic. We're back. So after this week and another almost eight, I'm starting to think that maybe 
I'm turning into Seinfeld, the, the, the character from the show, not, not the person. Where, you know, like how everybody he dated, he seemed to find fault in, you know, some reason to not continue to date them. And actually, he wasn't the only one. Elaine did it too, you know. It's a bit of a close talker. But I, I, I'm I not sure. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what happened. You know, here's what happened. And, and you guys tell me, am I Seinfeld? Or if I'm going to use a more current term, am I the asshole? Are there really that many jerks out there? Or am I making excuses to not get into a relationship. Now, I'm going to ask you guys to bear with me with this one because I feel like you need to know the details in order to make a sound decision. About a week ago, a little over a week ago, I got a message on the app that someone had liked my profile. So I open it up, you know, to see who this person is. And I'm kind of looking at his profile. I'm reading it. It He, you know, looking at his pictures. His profile was like well filled out. He seemed funny. He seemed intelligent. He was good looking. He was tall. Uh, he was, you know, about, about, about my age. And bonus, he was local. So after a few minutes, I was like, you know, why not? So I liked him back. And within the hour, he we started messaging through the app. And, you know, just like what he had written on his profile, his messages were also funny and intelligent and thoughtful. And he seemed kind and respectful. And as we talked more, you know, just getting to know each other type stuff. And this was one of the things that I really liked. There seems to be almost kind of this... Um, template that you that you use when you're just starting to get to know someone especially over the dating apps where you kind of go through the same questions and and I've told you guys this before you know the 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 first date feels like a job interview and you know when you're on an interview it's always the same questions you know tell me about a time when what's your um your biggest weakness you know it's it's the exact same thing with the dating app it's all the same questions you know why are you single what brought you to florida how long have you lived here you know, do you have kids? All, all the same questions. But he wanted to do it a little bit different. And he said, um, we can play 20 questions as long as they're not all the typical questions, because that, that can feel, you know, canned, stale, you know. And I said, I completely agree. So we started asking each other different kinds of questions, like, uh, you know, um, not, not like, what's the last book you read, but like, read me a line from a book you're currently reading. Or, um, when I told him my, my favorite movie, like he wanted to know why it was my favorite movie. So he was like, it was more involved. It didn't feel so impersonal. As we talked, um, he, mentioned that he had kids and we talked a little bit about them. He said that, uh, he did say that since his divorce, he had dated two women. Uh, he was divorced three years ago. He had dated two women in that time. 
neither of whom had met his kids because he didn't feel the relationship had progressed to a point where he was comfortable with introducing um, his kids to the person. So he said he just wanted me to know that because he didn't want me to think that he was purposely keeping his kids away from me. And I told him that I completely agreed and understood and, you know, that I appreciated that he was so protective of his kids. So, you know, a few days go by and we are still messaging on the app. Um, We are starting to email each other because we were sending each other books through our, our Kindle accounts. And you could only do that through email. So we were emailing each other and, um, you know, just kind of getting more involved in our messages, sharing more. And after a few days of doing that, he asked if we could meet. And he said that he believed that the first meeting should be very casual, you know, just a drink uh, um, or walk. But, you know, that it and that if we if the first date went well, then we could do something more like an actual date, you know, like dinner or something like that. And I said, that sounds great. And, you know, we both and and he used the words, the first date is more like an interview than a date. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I say that all the time. <laughs> so and and usually I have said that to people before and, and they've had kind of a, a they've been like turned off by that as if like I'm not as emotionally invested as they would like me to be on the first date. But it's the first date. You know, you, you can you can text over the app all you want, but you don't really know this person until you're face to face. So I kind of liked that he was saying, keep it really casual. We'll keep it kind of short. You know, we'll say um, we'll keep it under two hours. And I was like, OK, sounds good. Um, so we had we had made the arrangements. We were going to meet for a drink on Sunday evening. And I picked Sunday purposely thinking that it would make us stick to that, you know, that tight <laughs> two hour time frame. And also, if things weren't going well, I could just, you know, bail early saying I have to get up early for work on Monday. So agreed to Sunday, meet for a drink, 630. And then over the next few days, he started to kind of change the date arrangements, saying now he said he wanted to have dinner. And then he chose a restaurant, which was a few steps up from, you know, the, the, the casual atmosphere he had said he originally wanted. So I was like, well, OK, I, I said, fine. Like, I really didn't think anything of it. You know, it's just kind of like, hmm, all right, well, I mean, I guess that's fine. But you're the one who said you wanted like casual and just a drink but okay if you want to change it to dinner fine and then Friday we were talking he had his kids for the weekend and he mentioned that he was taking them to an event the following day and he asked me if I wanted to go and I was so confused like Hadn't he already told me that he did not intend to introduce me to his kids, like, anytime soon? And I was like, "Mm, 
I don't think so. I said, no, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. I, you know, and, and I thought you said you didn't want to introduce me to your kids. And he said, well, they don't have to know we're dating. And that I could, you know, just like show up and quote unquote, happen to be there at the same time as them. And then he would introduce me to them as an old friend. Well, now I was uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, no, uh, uh-uh. I said, no, that is a bad idea. And it took several back and forth messages of me saying no to him and having to uh, convince him that it was a bad idea before he finally said, oh, you're right, you're right. Cooler heads prevailed. I'm just really excited to meet you, you know, and I said, I, I understand and, and that's great. And I, I'm looking forward to meeting you too on Sunday. But I I don't think it's a good idea for me to meet your kids for the first time based on a lie. You know, like, and I and I added that after everything he had told me about his kids, I was even surprised he was asking. And then he did agree. And, you know, again, you know, he just said he was excited to meet me. And I was like, it's one day. Enjoy your Saturday with your kids. I'll see you on Sunday. And at this point, I I was a little annoyed. I was kind of confused, you know, but I just figured, well, I, maybe he is just excited, you know, whatever. Then the next day, Sunday morning, he was texting me and I, I was texting him and, you know, both saying that we were looking forward to meeting each other. They had had a good day on Saturday, he and his kids. And, and, uh, you know, he, he was looking forward to Sunday night. And so was I actually. And I, you know, I I don't know. I, I I he he did bring up the event again from the previous day saying he wished I had met them and I just said, you know, it was a bad idea. You know, and 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 then again, you know, we're, we're just texting and I'm really enjoying messaging him. I'm enjoying the exchange, you know, it, it, he's he was different than a lot of the guys I have met recently, you know, he, he seemed interested in me, was asking thoughtful questions, you know, and, and when I, when I would answer them, you know, he was actually like reading my response and then responding to that. And I know that seems like it should be the norm, but let me tell you, it is not I mean, most of the time it's like, hey, how was your day? Oh, pretty good. How was yours? Oh, you know, and then they like go on their long and they never asked me another question again. You know, it's like they asked me how my day was so that they could talk about day, their day for the next 20 minutes. Anyway, I, like I said, was really enjoying talking to him and, and I kind of was starting to think, kind of, kind of starting to let myself think. If the messages are this good, this could be something. And I was getting really excited to see him that night, to see if what I was feeling in the messages translated to face to face. 
So he sends me a message and he says, um, tell me a joke. And I said, I don't know any jokes. <laughs> and he said, oh, I know a ton. I'll tell you one. Do you want a PG joke or an R-rated joke? And I said, PG, please. And he told me a joke and it was actually, it was very cute and it was, and it was actually very funny. And then he said, are you sure you don't want an R-rated one? And I said, I'm sure. And he said, it's really funny. And I said, I don't want it. And I told him that most R-rated jokes either aren't funny to me or I don't understand them. And there's nothing worse than someone having to explain to you why a joke is funny. You know, and, and I, and again, he said, but yeah, but this one's really funny and you'll get it. And I said, no, I really, no, I don't, I don't want an R-rated joke. A PG joke is fine. The one you sent was very funny. And those are more my speed. A few minutes later, he sends a text and it says, I know you said no, but I'm just going to go for it anyway. And he sent a joke that wasn't super R-rated, but it was definitely adult. And more importantly, it wasn't funny. And all of a sudden, I was done. I was angry. I felt like disregarded and disrespected. And I did not respond to his text because I wasn't sure if what I was feeling was rational. So, <laughs> of course, I I just, I wasn't sure if, 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 if what he did was in, if my reaction to what he was, did was in proportion to what he did. So for some context, this is exactly what my ex-husband would do. Whenever I gave him an answer he didn't want to hear, he would just keep asking until he wore me down. Sometimes he would charm me to get his way. Sometimes he'd get angry and badger me until I gave in. And it didn't matter what he wanted. It could be to go out, to have sex, to have a grilled cheese for dinner. What was most important is that he got what he wanted when he wanted it. When I would get angry, he would say, it was just a joke. So when this all happened with the almost date guy, I had this immediate adverse reaction to it. It felt manipulative and immature. Why should I have to repeatedly justify and explain my answer? But was it actually disrespectful and immature? Or am I having a trauma response? Can it be both? Is there a difference? Of course, we all know when you've experienced trauma, it stays with you. It changes how you take in information and how you react to it. Last week, I was listening to the My Favorite Murder podcast, and Karen said that her therapist told her that it takes years for your body to realize you're safe. Your brain will know, but your body will still react as if it's still experiencing the trauma. 
It's why whenever I hear a raised voice, I immediately get a knot in my stomach. And the guy did eventually send a text to apologize. Well, sort of. He sent one of those, I'm sorry you feel that way type messages, adding, it was just a joke. And I just thought to myself, if you think it's about the joke, you don't get it at all. And I I just didn't respond. <laughs> Instead, I called sister number three. I wanted to get some perspective and on everything that just happened, just to make sure that I wasn't having an overreaction. And because I've been watching the affair and not wanting to intentionally sway her in my favor, I told her the details in the most unbiased way I could, you know, just the facts. Her advice, go with my gut. And my gut was telling me to stay far away from this man. After talking with my sister, I did consider responding to him to say it wasn't about the joke. It was that I had to repeatedly tell you not to send it. On top of that was the events of the previous day where I had to continually convince you that pretending to be an old friend and meeting your kids based on a lie was not a good idea. And those two things together were a giant red flag for me. And I am too old to ignore red flags. I ended up not responding because I knew from experience that if I did, it would open the door for him to try to justify his behavior. And I just did not want to deal with it. So I didn't respond. I just deleted. I feel like for the past few years, I have been really trying to work on myself to heal from my past traumas and learn from them. And I think I've done some good work. I have looked back on the events as honestly as I could, and I've taken responsibility for my part. I've asked for and accepted help when I needed it. I've done the journaling. I've practiced self-care. And I've worked on being more empathetic and less judgy. But after the events of the last few days, it's clear I still have a long way to go. Am I just setting boundaries and refusing to put up with behavior that feels manipulative? Or am I using it as an excuse to not let people in in order to protect myself from getting hurt again? I'm actually asking because I don't know the answer. Maybe it's a little of both. Trauma comes in all forms. It can be physical, psychological, mental, or emotional. In simple terms, it's defined as a distressing or disturbing experience where you're left feeling unsafe and helpless. Emotional trauma can be the most common because it can be hidden, and it comes in many different forms from many different sources. It can take place in any relationship, a parent making a harmful comment towards their child, a significant other yelling at you or calling you names, or a boss that bullies you. Emotional trauma can result from a single incident, but usually occurs over a period of time, becoming an ongoing experience. And it can often be more harmful and harder to recover from than physical injuries, since 
Trauma can alter the way our brains function, especially when it's chronic. Any experience that causes you to feel intense negative emotions can cause trauma. Deciding whether something is traumatic or not is not based on each person's subjective emotional reaction to the events. In other words, the same experience could be different for different people. For you, it might be traumatic, but maybe not for others. The effects of emotional trauma could last a lifetime. Often what happens is years after you've been removed from the situation that caused the trauma, you can still feel like what feels like an irrational response. Like, like me the other day, where I was immediately questioning how I felt because my response to the joke text was so intense. At the end of my last relationship, my ex-boyfriend was very hurt. He did not want the relationship to end. He wanted to talk things out, but I knew that it was over and nothing he said was going to change it. One night, he tried to talk to me and just out of frustration, he started to get angry and he began to yell at me and I froze. I was terrified he was going to hit me. Now, let me be very clear here. There was nothing in the entire history of our six-year relationship that supported that. He had never once given me an indication that I was in any danger of him physically hurting me. But I had spent 20 years in a marriage where that did happen. When you find yourself having what feels like a reaction disproportionate to actual events, it's important to ask yourself why. What's causing that? For years, clinicians have studied the effects of trauma on the brain. What they found is that experiencing trauma throws your nervous system off, creating a prolonged fight or flight reaction. The nervous system either shuts down when it should react, or it goes into overdrive when it should be at rest. Experts say that there really isn't a right or wrong way to react because our reactions are based on our experiences. The good news is, it is possible to heal from emotional trauma, but the method and the length of time it takes is different for everyone. Some suggestions are to lean on loved ones, you know, practice self-care, and face your feelings instead of discounting them. In the case of severe emotional trauma, psychologists have been uh, studying the progress of using cognitive behavioral therapy, which can help change unhealthy thinking and behavioral patterns. Everyone experiences some kind of trauma. It's inescapable and it changes you. It changes how you view things, how you react to things, but it doesn't have to control you. Healing is possible. It takes time, it takes patience, and it takes a lot of work, but it is possible. When it feels like it's too much to walk through on your own, seek the help of a professional and know that you are not alone. Emotional trauma can be very isolating because it, there's a level of shame and responsibility associated with it. So you and I, we are going to work through this together. And just as a reminder, 
please feel free to comment if you're in the group, you know, feel free to comment in the group if you're if you need support. Or you can send me an email. You can call me out if you think I'm the asshole or I'm turning into Seinfeld. The other day in the group, I got a really nice comment after the vindication episode and it was very sweet of the listener to not only leave the comment for me, but it was a really vulnerable comment and, and it, it meant so much to me. I love when you guys leave comments about the episodes. I love the feedback. But I wanted to remind you that it's a private group. So you have to request to join. And all that means is that anyone who isn't in the group won't see your comment. So you don't have to worry that, you know, Aunt Alice is, is going to see you speaking honestly about your family, unless Aunt Alice is also in the group. But I just want you guys to feel free, you know, to use the group, to lean on each other. <laughs> I told you from day one, that group is nothing but love. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks for coming back for episode 115. Don't forget, <laughs> join the Facebook group, my so-called midlife podcast, and like the Facebook page, my so-called midlife podcast. Follow me on Instagram at JennyJoy316 if you like the podcast, tell your friends, and then tell them to listen. The second part is the important part. If you have questions, if you have topic suggestions, if there is a comment you'd like to leave but you're still not quite comfortable leaving it in the group, email me at my so-called midlife podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Until next time, love you. Bye. <music>